Welcome to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and challenged today as you listen to a message from one of our speakers. Prepare your heart and get ready to receive a word from God today. For the talk today, we're going to be in the book of Luke, which is in the New Testament. It's the third book in the New Testament. If you're new to the Bible, welcome. Not a, uh, glad to have you. Uh, the Bible's kind of broken into two halves. There's the Old Testament, which is before Jesus came, and the New Testament starts with the story of Jesus and then some, some writing after that. So the New Testament's the second half. We're going to be in the third book of the New Testament, which is the book of Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke. And uh, to get us started, introductory idea, I got flipped off again. <laughs> Sorry. I try not to get flipped off, but every once in a while, it just, what am I doing? I did think maybe I need to change some of my life goals to maybe not getting flipped off annually. (laughs) So here's how it happened this time, driving my car. It happens in my car. So I was just driving, I was pulling up to a T road, and I was aware of what was happening. It was a motorcyclist and his wife or a girlfriend behind coming this way. And I've ridden motorcycles. I was aware. But as I came up, I'm, I just must guess that it felt like I wasn't going to stop appropriately because the, the timing was just right there. Anyway, whatever I did, he didn't like it. So, uh, so as he went by, he yelled and flipped me off. Just right there. So here's, here's why I tell you the story, just to confess my initial response to the flipping offing, my first thought was not all that loving (laughs) or caring. I do remember considering the weight of my Honda Pilot compared to his Harley Davidson. And I thought, I think I could win that fight. I'll just follow him and run over him. I <laughs> think I would let his girlfriend go, but him, I wouldn't. I'd just run over him. Because I didn't want to flip him off, because that would be wrong. <laughs> but if I accidentally ran over him. Okay, sorry. Just a glimpse into my response to difficulty. Okay, I'll give you another one. This was my response when one of our family members uh, got a text or a phone call identifying some questionable activity on their debit card. And so my innocent family member followed up and said, oh, is there a problem? And they said, yeah, we probably need to walk you through a process, change your pin. Long story short, scam. It was a scam. And before they realized it was a scam, uh, the scammers had drained $1,000 out of their account. And it's just another one of those moments where, where I, when I heard about it, I just have, I don't have kind thoughts toward the scammer. It, it, would, it is hard for me to pray, oh, Lord, will you bless the scammers of the world? I have other prayers I'd like to pray towards the scam, scamming community. But I share those things to get to a point, at least in my life, Uh, My, maybe you'll relate, I think you will, my initial response to sin or offense, 
my initial response is rarely forgiveness. My initial response is sure not to forgive. Do you relate at all? Oh, yeah. You know, if it's you and you're driving and you've been patient and you've been waiting for three minutes to get to where the, the you know, the lane's going to become into one lane and you're in the one lane because you were, got a, and then the last person like goes up ahead of you just before and you know, I'm guessing most of us are not like, oh, I love you. I love giving this spot to you. You're awesome. We don't naturally work that way. Are you with me? There's just stuff. If someone slams your friend on social media and, and we don't ooze, oh, just forgive them. I'm sure they don't mean that. that that's just not what comes easily to us at all. So here's why I bring it up. Two reasons. One, oh my, do we need a relationship with God to help us be more forgiving? And the second thing, and this is where we're going to dwell for our time today, is there is a significant difference between us and God. There's a big difference between us and God. Not to be clear, in case you've heard, God is not all forgiving. He is not all forgiveness. There is a justice side of who God is, but that's not the talk today. Today's talk is the amazing capacity for God to be forgiving. A couple Bible verses. Ephesians 2.4 describes God who is rich in mercy. That's a stretch for us. He's rich in mercy. In 2 Chronicles 7.14 describes God saying, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I, God says, I will forgive their sin. Now, yeah, there were some things that God was asking, but for some of us, there are certain people, certain situations, I've heard it said multiple times, like, I don't think I'll ever forgive them for that. But God has this capacity, even in the most difficult situation, to forgive. One of the most uh, clarifying verses for me with this difference between us and God, God's uh, perspective on forgiveness, in Matthew 18, 21, one of the followers of Jesus, his name's Peter. If you read your Bible, you, you read quite a bit about Peter. Peter asked Jesus, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? And Peter's number is seven, like up to seven times. Notice Jesus' number. Jesus said, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. There's a difference there. And some scholars say that that could as easily be been translated 70 times seven times. So, so Peter's number is like seven times, and Jesus' number potentially is 490. So get it? God has got an incredible capacity to forgive. So hold that thought. We're in this series, But God, two words that change everything. And in this series, we're studying unique moments in the Bible narrative where those words actually, but God, come into the story. And the, the emphasis of the series is just to look at the uniqueness of who God is in several areas. 
And so today we're going to explore the unique perspective of God toward forgiveness. And we're going to learn a few things from a story in Luke 5. Uh, what do you need to know before we read the story? Basically, Jesus at this point is preaching and teaching. He has become well known. And because he's so good at preaching, teaching, and healing, whenever he shows up at this point, crowds of people are coming to try to get close to him, listen to him teach, and perhaps be healed. So it's one of those days. And we'll begin in verse 17. One day Jesus was teaching, and Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. Those are religious people. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. Now let's just enjoy this picture for a moment. We don't exactly, there's more to come. We don't exactly know how all this happened, but it was probably something like, here's a guy, we'll call him Jack. He's either had an accident that paralyzed him, or he was born that way. So we don't know whether he's been paralyzed for, you know, three weeks or 30 years. But apparently he has some people that care about him, Jack's friends, who, when they realize Jesus is close and in the city or in the neighborhood, someone gets the idea, we should go get Jack and get him to Jesus so his legs will work again. Which these are, this is, those are great friends. Uh, so they go to get Jack. Something like this happens. They go to get Jack. They say, hey, Jack. And he says, hey, guys. I don't know what that happens. And, and they say, hold on. Why? What are we doing? They pick him up on his mat. Or maybe he's, you know, something like this. And, and they say, we're taking you to Jesus. So we don't know if Jack said, cool, or wait, what? But he's going. They get there. And maybe because they're slower than the rest of the crowd, they get there, they can't get in. Perhaps they try to lean into the kindness of human beings and say, come on, man, can you, excuse me, can we, could like to get Jack in there? But people, you know, like, don't, know, can't get him in. So then one of them gets the idea, let's go to the roof. I imagine Jack saying, what? <laughs> We're going to just, it's okay. So anyway, they... I don't know, how are you going to get the guy on the roof? But they, I don't know, drag him, push him, tie ropes around him under his arms, going up on the side of the roof. They get, somehow they get him on the roof, and now, now you're, let's pretend we're in the, in the house. This takes place in a house. Jesus is teaching, massive crowd, and then, you know, you hear stuff on the roof because they're digging through the tile of the roof. Maybe some dust comes down. People are going, what is happening and then I heard one teacher one time say, it'd be interesting to be underneath because you'd see this hole develop and then you'd see little heads pop over the side. 
And then you'd see the bottom of the mat, like, come down, plop. All right, so something like that is happening, and now he's been plopped down in front of Jesus. Okay, it says, when Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. Now, we're going to talk about that a little bit. That's kind of a unique first statement, I think, in this interaction. Friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins? Here's our two words, but God alone. Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Verse 25. Immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed. I just like this. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today, which translated means that was a good day at church. Like that, that was, I'm so glad I was there. Anyway, title of the talk is Sin is Messy, But God and but what we're going to talk about is a couple observations of God slash Jesus' perspective or approach to forgiveness. This is important to us, again, that we can be reminded of who God is. I think it'll challenge us to be forgiving. But also, if you're unaware, uh, God cares about a lot of things. Amen? He cares about a lot. He cares about finances. He cares about relationships. He cares about a lot of things. But God made a master plan to bring forgiveness to the earth. Does that make sense? Master plan, decision to send his son, be perfect, go to the cross, right? This forgiveness thing is a big deal. So let's just pray. God, uh, give us your heart. I ask that in the midst of the talk, you'd speak to us because when you talk to, to us, it's way better than anything that I might say. So just in our hearts and our minds, give us ideas. Help to make this practical. In Jesus' name, amen. So I have two observations regarding Jesus and forgiveness. First one is this. When it comes to forgiveness, Jesus starts with it. He starts with it. If you want to write that down or if you're using the app. I kind of mentioned this, but in the text, right, the guy comes, he plops, he's on the floor. Jesus' first words to this guy, has to have, it has to do with forgiveness. He, Jesus saw their faith and he said, friend, like I'm with him at that point. He says, friend, but when he says, your sins are forgiven, for me, I go, gosh, that's not what I thought he would say right away. It also takes the religious people back. That's when they go, what is this guy saying? Only God can forgive sins. Well, hello, they don't know, like he's God. So they're like, what did he just say? 
But I also think if I were there predicting what Jesus might say, I can think of other things I think he might start the conversation with. Things like, friend, your buddies just tore a hole in another person's roof. <laughs> or, you know, like just practical. Because you, if you're the homeowner, I didn't think of I just thought about this right now. If you're the homeowner guy, you're like, seriously, somebody stop. What is going? Stop that. Whatever. <laughs> anyway. But there are other topics that could come up, it seems like, more easily. Maybe Jesus could say, friend, you interrupted a really good sermon. I was just going to get to the really good point, but now here you are. Jesus could say, maybe even this. I thought maybe Jesus might look at him and say, well, since you're here, tell, tell us what happened to your legs. Like, what's the story? Because we're all probably wondering. Like, those would all be appropriate responses. But it's not. He says, he says, friend, your sins are forgiven. So that made me consider, why did he start there? And here's an idea. It'll just come up on the screen. Few things impact life more than forgiveness. Have, you ever, have we ever considered that? How life is really deeply impacted by forgiveness. Relationally, if you're going to have a long-term friendship, if you're ever going to be married, forgiveness in the midst of that relationship is huge. Because that person is going to disappoint, that person is going to sin. If you don't have forgiveness in the midst of that, it's not going to work. Um, emotionally. If we can't forgive, that'll eat us up. If I can't forgive the Harley guy, how you know that's going to mess, that'll mess up minutes slash hours slash, does that, it, it, it's a thing if we don't operate in forgiveness. Grudges and revenge, not, helpy, not helpful. Spiritually, of course, spiritually it's huge. If we don't experience the forgiveness of God, that means that we're going to pay for our own sin and, and experience our own punishment. Forgiveness from God is absolutely huge. If you don't have the forgiveness of God, which, by the way, is connected to Jesus on the cross, then you're a mess. You're in a mess. It'll affect you this life, but eternity is going to be really bad because you will pay for your own sin. Instead of, if we don't have the forgiveness of God in eternity, that's used. By the way, also, another, it's not just the negative side. Forgiveness with the forgiveness of God, that's a powerful thing in our life. I remember when I first experienced the forgiveness of God, I didn't know exactly what was happening except for I knew God was calling me to come to an altar, and my prayer was something like, I need help, God. And I began to cry. I was 20 years old, and even just at 20, for some of us, you know, you think, oh, 20's young. There's a few of you going, man, that's old. But at 20, I was already experiencing a significant hardening of my heart. At 20, I still remember at 20, I, when I started to cry up front in front of that church, I still remember thinking, I have not cried in years but when God's forgiveness began to come into my life, my heart that was pretty hard was becoming different. And I not only cried then, I began to, I, I, I became a ball baby for a little while. I just cried about stuff because I cared about stuff that I had kind of 
figured out how to not care. You know how life can, maybe not all of, but some of us, you know, you can end up compartmentalized and all. But when God's forgiveness comes in, he reopens our spirits to all kinds of things that are way better than the crusty, calloused, old heart thing. It's powerful. I cried. I, had, I ended up caring. I had more peace. So here's the idea we're dwelling in. When it comes to a life-changing topic, it's hard to beat the idea of forgiveness. That's a fill in the blank. When it comes to a life-changing topic, it's hard to beat the idea of forgiveness. So just to assess our tendency or ability to forgive, I have three questions to finish up this point. First question is, am I practicing it? Am I practicing forgiving? I'm still doing it. You forgiven the whatever. Am I forgiving the Harley guy? Am I forgiving my wife? Am I walking through those things? Am I still practicing forgiveness of other people? Am I still asking for forgiveness in my own life? When I sin against someone, when I offend someone, am I still eager, willing to go and say, will you forgive me? I was thinking about running over you with my car and I shouldn't have thought that. Or whatever, right? Do you still, am I practicing it? Am I forgiving my wife, my friends, my kids, my boss? Am I keeping a clean slate? Am I just a seven times forgiver or am I willing to forgive again? even though it's 77 times. Another question, am I practicing it? Am I preaching it? Am I pre- and this is, am I sharing it? Am I talking about forgiveness? In the midst of all of the conversations we can have with different people, both Christians and maybe especially non-Christians, are you talking about the opportunity to be forgiven by God and the value of being forgi- forgiving to other people? Especially if you have... It's important with everybody. But I would also challenge some of us like that have non-Christian friends. I think a lot of non-Christian friends, will, they're happy to talk about a lot of things. But we should remember as Christians, forgiveness is a great topic. So I've got some newer friends in my life that we're just getting to know each other. And they, uh, have, they've found out I'm a pastor. And so they're, they're kind of funny with it. And so, but every once in a while... Uh, I was with them a week ago, and we talked about a lot of things. They like to talk about politics and all these things, and they don't. They like to talk about religion with me. That's what they say. Well, and, and you know what? They're they. I'm not making any sense. But I think she was one of them. The first thing he ever said to me, I think it was like within a minute. Oh, so you're a you're a pastor, and he said, so tell me. Can a man really live in the belly of a fish for three days? That's what he said. Because there's a story in the Bible of Jonah. And he was like, how does that work? And they enjoy, they'll talk about all kinds of things. But here's what I was reminded of during this talk. And I, I try to, I practice this. I was reminded, I should make sure that I insert conversation about important things that we can actually figure out, like the forgiveness of God. Does that make sense? Like, because I can't answer the three days in the belly of a fish thing, 
But I can tell you, and I could tell friends, even if I only know you a tiny, tiny bit, you need forgiveness in your life. And God is the way to get that. And Jesus Christ died on a cross for you. Those are important conversations. Okay, so am I practicing it? Am I preaching it? Am I receiving it? That's from God. Am I receiving it? And by the way, keep receiving it. Don't just pray a prayer at some point to receive Jesus as your Savior. Like if you prayed six years ago for God to forgive your sin and had a born-again experience, like I am, I'm yours, don't just pray that. Regularly keep going to God with your sin and your situation and say, by the way, Lord, will you forgive me for that? Here's a Bible verse. I just added this yesterday into the talk. It says, confess your sins. It's present tense. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Don't stop practicing the art of keeping a clean slate before God and a clean slate with other people. So when it comes to forgiveness, Jesus starts with it. And then the second idea is when it comes to forgiveness, Jesus connects it to healing. This point may be new for some of us, but it seems to me that in this ministry moment, in this uh, interaction that Jesus has with this man, both the forgiveness aspect and the physical healing, he's connecting those two together. So, in the section of the text in verse 23, it says, Jesus says, okay, well, which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk. Part of the same conversation. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority to forgive sins. Basically, so, dude, get up and walk. These two, forgiveness and physical healing, are connected. This is not the only time in Scripture that we will see these things connected together. So the idea we're going to end with is this. In this ministry moment, forgiveness and the physical were tied together. Now, not every physical ailment is connected to unforgiveness or sinful, right? This last week I broke a tooth. I don't think it was because I had unforgiveness in my life. I think it was because of corn nuts. It's the devils in corn nuts. That's, it wasn't unforgiveness. I don't think I had unrepentant sin. It just was corn nuts. Okay. But there are other scriptures that would indicate there are times that our forgiven or unforgiven life our willingness to forgive can have physical effects on us. By the way, I have, I, I have seen a number of times as people begin to walk in the grace of God, it will affect their physical bodies or their emotional healing, and they don't even know what or why is going on. Early, uh, this was some years back, I had the privilege of being around and actually helping a young man become a Christian. His name was Shane. Great guy. Probably one of the most uh, uh, gifted, naturally gifted artist guys that I'd ever met. 
he was, he could sketch, he could draw things. You just watch him and think, how do you do that? Uh, he had his heart set. I met him when he was in high school and he wanted to grow up and be an animator. And he ultimately ended up, last I talked to him, which was some years back, he was doing animation for The Simpsons show. So like, he's really a skilled guy. And I remember when he became a Christian, he had, had the challenge, he had this great skill, but his challenge, he had tremors. So I can remember watching him draw and then think, oh, what? and he was, I know. So he would draw, but he had tremors. And making the story too long. But I remember six months into his walk with God, sitting with him and noticing, and we had prayed some about it, but mostly he was just growing in the Lord. And I looked across at Shane, and he, he was doodling and drawing. He was always drawing. And I said, man, you're not shaking anymore. He said, I know it. And then he, he actually clarified and said, well, yeah, I am a little bit. But I was like, and I remember just talking to him about what's going on. He said, I don't know. I think God just is, it was as his spiritual life was developing and growing as forgiveness and grace and all that, it was affecting his physical body. That's not uncommon. If you want to look at a, An example, a biblical example of where Jesus connects our sinful situation, unforgiven or continuing in sin, with the physical. You can explore John chapter 5. By the way, John chapter 5, there's some similarities between that story and the one that is our primary text today because Jesus heals a paralytic. And in the midst of it, he says to that paralytic basically the same thing as Jesus said to this one. He says, take up your mat and go home. But with this other guy, after the healing, Jesus, like, finds him later in the day, right? So he heals him. Then in, in the other story, Jesus kind of withdraws, and people are like, how did all this happen? And there's a big, massive crowd and everything, so Jesus kind of goes away. But he comes back later, and he finds the guy, and here's what he says to him. He says, later Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, see, you are well again. And look at this. Stop sinning, or something worse may happen to you. Isn't that interesting? That doesn't mean every physical ailment is connected to unforgiveness. But it's a valid question sometimes to go, huh, Lord, I'm sick. And maybe it's not physical. I've seen sick Physical conditions get better because they experience the forgiveness of God. I've seen sick relationships get better because they experience the forgiveness of God. I've seen, observed, I think I've experienced in my own life, sick emotional issues. And when I get with God and the grace of God and the forgiveness of God, it heals those things. So all this to say, basically today's message is kind of a one-point deal. Are you applying forgiveness in your life? Are you practicing forgiveness? Are you running to God for forgiveness because it's a big deal? Last fill in the blank is, am I properly prioritizing the forgiveness of God? And we should. 
Thanks for listening to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We pray you were impacted by this message. God bless and see you next time.